Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to continue our series on biblical prosperity. We're searching God's word to discover his financial plan for us. You see, God is interested in our finances and he does want to prosper us. You know, we've been seeing that prosperity is not a dirty word. It's part of the nature of God because God is rich and he is a rich giver. And that's what prosperity is. It's not, just, it's not about what we have, but how much is flowing through us. True prosperity is a blessed lifestyle of giving as well as receiving. But unfortunately, this subject has been abused by some to raise extra funds, for example. And that causes uh, some teachers just to back off the subject completely. But the Bible has a lot to say about our finances, and we need to teach it in proper balance. The way to do that is just to teach the fullness of God's word on the subject and then we will have the balance that God wants. And, and that will show us the importance of finances and, and the principles of wisdom that God wants us to apply to this area. And so that's what we're trying to do in this series. Now God created this universe to operate according to certain laws. Uh, and these laws reflect his wisdom. Uh, Proverbs says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And these laws describe how God consistently runs the world. And one of these key laws is the law of sowing and reaping. It's a universal principle that doesn't just apply to our finances, it does, but also generally to all of life, really. It, it corresponds to Newton's third law, which is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Or, or we could say it, you know, in other words, if I hit something with a certain force, it hits me back with the same force. What I do to others is done to me. It's a law. And uh, this is sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you will reap, and, and you may well reap it multiplied back to you. Galatians 6-7 is a cl the classic verse on this. It says, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That's a big statement. Whatever you sow, you will reap. It's a law. Don't be deceived into thinking, well, it won't necessarily happen in my case. You know, if, if you sow good, you'll reap good. If you sow evil, you'll reap evil. It will happen. He says, don't be deceived, because there's a danger of deception here, because there's a time gap between the sowing and the reaping. And in that time, you might imagine that it's not working. But the seed, you see, is underground, and it is working. And you will reap that harvest in due time. And so it is a law. He says, whatever you sow, you will reap. No exception, it says. Genesis says, while earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day, night, shall not cease. So this law of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, there's a progression here. You see, there's seed, then there's time, and then there's harvest. And so it's a master law of creation. It's a fundamental law that governs the natural world and the spiritual world because the two realms are parallel to each other. And certainly it works in the area of money. And that's what we want to focus on later. But it applies more generally. Uh, sowing and reaping, in other words, is just an application in our finances to a more general law. Whatever you sow, you will reap. What do you sow? You sow seed. 
In Genesis 1 says that God made all life with the seed within itself to reproduce according to its kind. So every seed is a, is a living thing that is empowered by God to multiply and produce after its own kind. And so whatever you want more of in your life, then you should sow that on purpose. You want more love? Then sow it. It's the law of Genesis, you see, because that's how God created everything, to reproduce after its own kind. Every living thing was built with seed within it, so it can reproduce after its own kind. And it will do that as long as the seed is planted in the right environment. If it's not planted or sown or given, then, then it can't be a multiplication, a reproduction, a harvest. So God has made everything to work and to increase and multiply according to this fundamental law. Everything starts from a seed. The seed is sown and then out of the sowing is the harvest. Let's give some examples. You know, if you sow apple seeds, what do you get? Apples. You don't get oranges. If you, get, if you sow strife, strife will come back on you. Start talking about people and they'll start talking about you. I guarantee it. So love your reap love. Jesus said this, judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's sowing and reaping. The seed you sow will be multiplied back to you. Good measure. You, even so that you pack it all in and you shake it to pack it in more and it's still running over, he says. This is a law. And the more you sow, whether it's judgment or mercy or finances, the more you'll reap of that same thing. According to the measure you use. It's the law of justice. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What you sow into other people's lives will eventually come back on you. Proverbs says, a man who has friends must make himself friendly. You see, if you want friends, if you want to reap friendship, then you need to sow friendship. Whoever digs a pit, another proverb said, will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. If you're aiming hurt on other people, it will come back on you. Hosea says, they sow the wind and they reap a whirlwind. Uh, a Psalm 7 says he made a pit and dug it out and he's fallen into the ditch that he's made. His trouble will return on his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. That's the way God has made things. Ecclesiastes says he who digs a pit will fall into it and whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. That's interesting. You see, if we do evil, we will reap evil. And God has established certain walls, certainly ba certain boundaries in the sexual area, in the spiritual area. And when people get involved in occultism, they're breaking through a wall that God has built. And it says, if you do that, if you commit evil like that, then evil will come on you. You'll be bitten by a serpent. You will open yourself to demonic power. Hosea says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. Why? To sow. For it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. That's the blessing of God on your seed. And you have plowed, he says, but you've plowed wickedness. And so you've reaped iniquity. You've eaten the fruit or the harvest of lies. Whenever you see the word fruit, it could be harvest. 
You reap what you sow. Primarily, we sow with the words of our mouth because words are seeds. You see, words are containers of life or death, of faith or fear, of love or hate. You know, a word is not just the outward shell of a sound wave, but they release what's in our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we are spirits, and we put life or death in those words. They are carriers of that. They are seeds. They have the power to produce and multiply for good or for bad. And when we speak words, we're sowing seeds, either good or bad. And Jesus in the parable said that our words and God's words are seeds that we are planting. And uh, these seeds will come back as a harvest in our life. The parable of the sower talks about how the kingdom of God works through the sowing of these, this seed of the word. Behold, a sower goes out to sow. And Mark says the sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God, you see. And then the parable of the tares says that Satan works in the same way, sowing his words. And if you give him your tongue, then that he will be able to create a harvest in your life of evil things. Matthew 13 says, The kingdom of God is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the meat and went among the wheat and went his way. And notice the bad sowing often happens in secret at night. And uh, those tares may look like wheat. They may seem righteous, but on the inside of them, they are, they are evil seed. And as, it come, as they come to harvest, they t- rather than golden wheat, they turn black. Well, th- what you're living in right now is to a large extent the harvest of the seeds that you've sown in the past. Different seeds take different times to harvest. It may take days, weeks, months, even years. But seeds that you've sown in the past is what you're living in right now. And that will cause the fear of God in us, I think. That that will restrain us when we're tempted to sin and speak evil. Because, you know, but if there is bad seed out there, then put it under the blood of Jesus and, and, and start sowing some good seed into your future. Let's have a look at Proverbs 18. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit or the harvest of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And James is a chapter all about words and the power of words. And it ends with verse 18. It says, The fruit or the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace from a heart attitude of peace, by those who make peace. The NIV says, peacemakers sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. You are sowing all the time with your words and reaping. Proverbs says, whoever caused the upright to go astray in an evil way by his evil words, he himself will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit good. If you do evil, it's going to come back on you. Now this law works especially strongly in respect to God's anointed authorities. For instance, you should honor and respect your parents if you want to reap life. Honor your father and mother, it says, the first commandment with promise, that it might be well with you that you might live long on the earth. If you sow good, if you sow honor to your parents, 
then you will reap a good harvest in your life. But whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Israel is God's chosen and anointed nations. And all people will rise and fall according to their attitudes, their words, their sowing with regard to Israel. God says, I will bless those who bless you, he said to Abraham, and I will curse him who curses you. And these words for bless are the same, but the words for curse are different. So you could translate it to the extent that you're good towards Israel, that you sow good towards Israel, God will be good towards you. But if you even speak evil against Israel, God will crush you. That's literally what it means. And the, an example of this was, was Gaddafi recently in Libya. Because as the other Arab uprisings were happening, he felt very safe. And he made a speech encouraging the Palestinians to rise up and take this opportunity to march on Israel. The very next day that he cursed Israel, the, the very next day is when the uprising started in his country, leading to his downfall. It, we, we see that in the book of Esther, when he, the wicked Haman tried to curse Israel. It says, this wicked plot which Haman had devised against the Jews should return on his own head. And he and his sons were hanged on the gallows. And the end time judgments on the nations will be determined to what they will be reaping what they have sown, especially towards Israel. As Obadiah says, the day of the Lord on all nations is near. As you have done so, it will be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your own head. That's sowing and reaping. Well, what about curses? Got to be very careful with our words. It says in Ecclesiastes, do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom, for a bird of the air may carry your voice and a bird in flight may tell the matter. What's he talking about? Birds can represent demons, as in the parable of the sower. He says, just as the Holy Spirit will attach to, the, to the, and empower the word of God, so if you speak evil words, curses, demons will attach to that and carry that. And then Proverbs 26 says, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse, curse without cause shall not alight, it shall not land. And if, that, if that, those evil words are, have, are wrong and uh, they have no landing pad, they're going to come right back on you. The curse causeless will not land, but it will come back on you. And we need to be in faith that no curse that comes against us can prosper. No weapon can prosper. Praise God, because we're the righteousness of God in Christ, and that curse has to just go straight back from where it's sent. Be very careful with your tongue. Let's look now at sowing and reaping in our finances. This is just another application of the more general law. And I want to go to one of our, my favorite passages, which is Ecclesiastes chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 6. It's all about sowing and reaping. And uh, he starts by saying, cast or sow your bread upon the waters, the waters of humanity. For you will find it after many days. It will come back to you. As you sow it, it will come back to you. Notice it won't come back to you immediately. It says after many days. What you're reaping in your life now is what you've sown in your whole life up to now. From last week, from three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, and so on. Different seeds. 
take different times to germinate. And then verse 2, it says, give a serving to seven, also to eight. Now he's talking about giving bread to the hungry. Physical bread to the hungry, but also spiritual bread, the word of God, to those who are lost. Get, get your bread out there. Give. And he's saying, don't just do it once, once a year. He says, make it a lifestyle, seven and eight. Make it a lifestyle of giving. And then he says, do this because you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Give, you see. So he says, when you come into difficult times yourself, there, there will be a harvest for you because you have been sowing into your future. And then, uh, you know, this is the same, this is said in Timothy. He says, command the rich in this present age, not to be proud or haughty or to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I love that. Let them do good, he says. Let them be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, because they will be storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. And what he's saying is, as they give, they are actually bringing God's blessing and they're going to have a harvest in the future when they need it, and in eternity, eternal rewards. Now, verse 3, if the clouds are full of rain, and how, by the evaporation from the earth, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. What's he saying here? Well, he's just saying, firstly, just as it is certain, it's a law, that when the clouds are full of rain, they'll release it, so it is certain that your harvest is coming. If you've been sowing, if you've been releasing uh, your seed, then harvest is surely coming. But there's more going on here. Isaiah 55 actually compares God's word to the rain that comes down from heaven, goes into the earth, and then when it returns to heaven, it says it will not return uh, without producing the results that it was sent to do. It will not return void. And so we can see this as God's word comes to us and God, God tells us what to do. And as we respond to the word, we are releasing his word back to God as we give, as he leads us to give, as we worship him. So it's, it's like that water, as we, that water is returning to heaven and it's creating a cloud of blessing over our heads. Praise God. And as we are sowing, he says, it's guaranteed that that, that blessing is going to rain down upon you. Praise God. And so it's got to happen. He's saying, as you sow, there will be a harvest. Praise God. It's a law. And then he goes on and says, if a, a very profound statement, if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. Now, what does that mean? Well, we could say, just as certain, if a tree falls to the north, it's going to stay there pointing north. That's how sure you can be that when you cast your bread on the waters, it's going to come back to you. But what, why do you, why? Why do we know that? Because we, it's a law. And in the same way, sowing and reaping is a law. It's not something that works half the time. It works all the time. God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. God's going to make sure about that. Whatever isn't equated in this life will be equated in eternity. So you'll find out in the end that what you've sown, you've reaped. Well, but this verse is also talking about a specific law called Newton's first law. 
It's the law of inertia. It's the law that says everything continues at rest or in a state of constant motion unless there's a force causing it to change its motion. And what he's saying is, your will is like a tree. And if you set your will in a certain direction, maybe you've set your will to be selfish and not give, then the tendency is to stay in that. But if you set your will to give, to, to sow and reap, then you will continue in that. If you get it out of neutral and set it in a certain direction, then it will tend to stay there. So if you right now make that first step, start to set your life in the direction of generosity rather than selfishness, of sowing, of overcoming the flesh, you know? Overcome the flesh and just give something this week. What you'll be doing is setting your will, you'll be setting your life in that direction of God's will. And you'll create a momentum of giving and receiving. And your action will start to form a habit. And that habit will start to form your character. And that character will then bring great things for your destiny. Verse 4, he goes on to say, He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds, the natural conditions, will not reap. Why won't he reap? Because he never sowed. This is a farmer saying, oh, it's a bit windy. There might be a storm. It's a bit cold out there. I won't sow right now. And every day he's got a different excuse for not sowing. And because he never sows, he, he never reaps. A fool waits for perfect conditions to give. You know, if you say, well, I, I can't give now. I'll wait till I've got a thousand pounds in my account. You know, there's always a reason why it isn't quite the right time. And so he never sows. It's always the right time to sow and you will then be able to be reaping. Verse 5, it says, As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her with a child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. You know, what he's saying is you don't have to understand how sowing and, working, re sowing and reaping works. I don't understand if I give how that's going to bring a harvest of blessing in my life. I don't understand that. You don't need to understand it. You've just got to know that it works. God says it works. You know, accept it by faith. Some say, you know, I don't understand if I give something in this offering. It's going to come back for me in, in a way. I, so I won't do it. You know, ignorance is no excuse. You don't understand how a child grows in a mother's womb, but you know that it does. All right, should, should a woman say, well, I won't have a baby because I don't understand how that could possibly work? That's nonsense, of course. A farmer doesn't have to understand how the seed grows. It's God anyway that gives the growth. And so we will never really truly understand it. Um, you just need to know that when you sow and sow yourself with the seed, God will give the increase. He'll bring the harvest. You know, if you go on an aeroplane flight, you don't have to understand how the engine works. You just know that it does, and that's enough. You trust. So you sow your seed, and you trust that God will give the increase. That's not an excuse not to give. Well, then he says in verse 6, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, he says, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. What's he saying? Let it be a lifestyle, not an occasional thing. You don't know exactly which harvest of sowing will work the best. 
Some seed in some ground works better and faster than others. So give here, give there, be generous as a lifestyle. Sow yourself into God, not just once a year, but as a lifestyle. Then it will really work because then you will have harvests coming up all the time. You might say, well, I can't wait for my harvest. I need it now. Well, if you start sowing regularly, there'll be harvests coming up all the time in your life. As you give in love, you see, you can be confident that God will give back a good harvest. Give your seed, but give your love. Give your faith. Release yourself with the seed. We sow in love, yes, but it's not wrong to also confidently expect a harvest from your seed sown. It's not selfish. You want to receive a harvest. Why? Because then you can sow even more. You know, it's, it's, it's good um, for when, when, a, when a married couple makes love. They do it for love, but if they want to do it to have a baby as well, to have a harvest, is it, is it wrong for them to do that, expecting a harvest at the same time? No, it's faith and love together. You can't control the harvest. You can't demand of God, God, I've given this car away, so I want another five cars back. You don't control the harvest. You, you release your seed. You put it into God's hands, and you leave that harvest to, to God. But he will give you a harvest so that you can give again, you see. Don't think of sowing and reaping as a method of getting God to, uh, forcing God, as it were, to, uh, to earn your bl God's blessing by your works. It's all by his grace. He gives his blessing by grace. We receive it by faith. And then when we believe that God has blessed us and his blessing is upon us, then we align ourselves with God's will. And we, by our actions of obedience, we give. And as we give, our co by corresponding actions, our faith is released with that seed. And by cooperating with God's grace, we let it flow through us and bringing increase in our life. Proverbs talks about sowing and reaping. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruit of all your increase. And so your barns will be full, filled with plenty, and your vats overflow with new wine. He says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and God will pay back what he's given. There is one who scatters seed and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. It's everywhere in the word of God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Start a lifestyle of sowing good seed.